Hello world, it's me, back again. Solo dolo episode. Matt is visiting his wonderful, his wonderful mother. Shouts out to all the moms, Tammy, especially the milfs. Right? If you're keeping it nice and tight, you're attractive at that age. God bless you. Now uh, my mother is dead. R.I.P. So I'm here. I'm gonna hit you with all the news. It's not gonna hold me back. It seemed like we were doing good there for like 10 days. You know, people weren't stabbing each other. Things weren't falling out of the sky. But we're back. So we should just go ahead and touch on everything. Now to start, I was shocked. You could say perplexed. When I rolled over and I got an alert on my phone saying, Hey buddy, if you're uh, hanging out this week outside, just look up. Because China decided to send a fucking rocket up into space, right? Except now it's falling back down. And at the time, they didn't know where. Now, as of the recording of this, it uh, disintegrated over the Indian Ocean, right? Which is good. Not a lot of people out there. One of the smaller oceans from a quick Google search. NASA, though. We let the hands go. We criticized them. An administrator uh, and senior exec- executive, Bill Nelson, released a statement that said, quote, China is failing to meet the responsible standards regarding their space debris. What a niche market in space debris. I got to agree, though, right? This is a problem I didn't think was a problem. But I wonder how much shit is up there, you know? Now, this issue is specific to... China's launching of the Long 5B rocket. They sent it up in March. This thing's been floating around for a little bit. The rocket itself is 110 feet tall, weighs 40,000 pounds. Thing is dumb thick. And I guess they didn't have a plan because I'm like reading this article here and it just says they sent it up uncontrolled. And once it got to the point where it ran out of fuel, they just let it go. But this is one of the bigger things to fall out of the sky in recent memory um there was a 2018 incident where a similar thing happened and broke up over the pacific ocean so we're getting a little bit closer that's a little bit scarier those people matter a little more like if a rocket blows up over the arabian peninsula i mean what do 11 people care and like six camels are displaced we move on now in general i feel like this is just going to bring some eyes to this because as a lot of smart people, a lot of nerds in this article are touching on, there's no specific international law or rule. So the practice of countries around the world has been like, yeah, for bigger rockets, figure it out. And moving forward, let's get a better standard, right? I think we can do better than that. Now, Elon Musk, he knows rockets, right? I'm sure he hopped on a little Zoom call, started throwing a little jabs to those Chinese. He also was on SNL this week, And he talked about Doge. And I still got a little Doge. I'm on that roller coaster. My point, my goal, was to hold through the weekend, everybody eats the shit up, and I sell, making thousands. This is a simple plan. You're thinking to yourself, how can it go wrong? Well, during the show, so he specifically referred to the crypto as a hustle, which makes it sound like crack cocaine, which it's not, right? This is a legit fiat currency so going into snl was around 70 cents 
And now this past week, it's about 41, right? Down 36%. So thanks, Elon. What the hell, dude? Now, my girlfriend made me watch the show. It was okay, which is a lot, vastly, exponentially better than what it traditionally is. But listen, if he fucks me over in this crypto, I'm not going to forgive him. That's not enough for me. I still got diamond hands. We're holding in this house, okay? Hashtag hold. And overall, the big picture, it's still up this month. And Elon himself, his own company, SpaceX, has begun to accept Dogecoin as payment if you want to put it towards the launch into lunar orbit next year, which, yes, this Asperger-y lunatic is sending humans into space next year. And people are paying. Like, they're paying him to do it, which is insane. So long-term, it's going to be accepted at a lot of places. You want to go to a Jimmy John's? Maybe you want a foot-long turkey time, buddy. You're hungry? I've been there. A little Doge wallet. Right now, I'm, you know, kind of in this weird domestic relationship with Doge. And it's battered me. So I will not be speaking on it unless it's good things moving forward. Because it's just not healthy. I'm trying to keep the vibe right in this pod. Kind of like Caitlyn Jenner, am I right? What a fucking segue. She has announced this week that she is going to run for California governor, going up toe-to-toe, head-to-head with uh, Gavin Newsom. Now, this is because of the special recall election where enough people in the state of California were like, bruh, this guy sucks. Like, this guy blows. And the courts tallied them all up and went, wow, enough people signed this to where we're going to do another election. And if the new election yields somebody that gets a certain percentage of the vote, Gavin, you're out, buddy. Like, you're no longer the governor. Which is good, right? States' rights, pretty cool. I'm about it. She really went in depth with Sean Hannity on Fox News. Again, pretty crazy that Fox News is the channel giving a voice, giving a platform to a transgender LGBT. Miss Jenner, whose candidacy was earlier reported by Axios this month, she finally went forward with it, put out an ad on IG. It's kind of flames. Like, it's very Reagan. There's like an eagle in the background. She finally did it after meeting with several advisors who worked for Trump. And he won, right? He had a pretty good campaign. So this isn't something that's out of the norm as well for the state. We've seen uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger do it. I don't even know who else, but that's absurd to begin with. I mean, that is ridiculous. He can barely speak English, and he's signing in laws and shit. So it can be done. And uh, frankly, we've seen crazier. Chief Redhead of America, Jen Pizaki? I don't even really know how to say her name. And I'm covering this in an article on a podcast that I own. However, the press secretary for the Biden administration, the redhead, right? Like kind of cute, kind of not. Kind of good at her job, kind of not. She this week, she blew everyone's tits off. And she was like, listen, guys, I'm only going to do this for a year. I'm going to resign. Definitely. Because I don't like you. Now, I added that last part, but there has to be a reason. She was quoted as saying... I don't want to miss the moments. I don't want to miss things. And I'm very mindful of that as well. She has two young children. Nobody cares, right? Or Carter. 
There's t-shirts that say that. This is kind of shocking, honestly, because a lot of people gave shit to Trump for the lack of stability, which you could say is true with a lot of different fronts, specific to the press secretary. He had like Scaramucci, then Spicer, and then him and Spicer were beefing, then like they weren't beefing. Kind of hard to keep up with. It's like a soprano subplot. Like, do I care? Do I put the investment in to really know this person's name? Probably not. Now, Pizaki, Jen, the redhead, she specifically has had a longstanding relationship with Biden. Uh, she was a holdover from the Obama administration. And she was kind of a surprising pick, I guess. At least this article says she was. I mean, who the fuck? Who's stack ranking potential press secretary picks? What a loser. But she had spent four years previously working in a variety of different roles with media, consultancy, and academic. Now, apparently, when she signed on, she told the Biden team in January um, that after she accepted the position from the transition team specifically, she would serve for only a year, meaning that at best, she would be leaving her post next January. So she's just been a flake. I mean, this person is a flake. You hit him up. Hey, do you want to come? You want to come to the to the lake? You want to come to the beach? We're doing shit. We got white claws. It's going to be a great time. No text back. That's what we're dealing with here. So keep that energy. I'm trying to have a good summer. Let's get someone else in there now that's qualified, that's hungry, that's ready to answer those absolutely retarded questions. I think the last thing I wanted to touch on was saw a lot of family this weekend. I'm sure if you're listening, I hope you did as well. Also, I love you, right? We're like 15 episodes in, so if you're rocking with me, you're probably retarded, but we vibe, so God bless. And my grandpa was saying that, as well as my dad, apparently there is a chicken shortage. So similar to a lot of the logistical issues that happened, supply chain stuff that was going on early in the COVID, into the COVID, we're dealing with some of that now. So it used to be the TP, right? There was no Charmin. What's that about? Now it's the chicken. So apparently it's hard to get wings. How big business and bad weather are killing your local wings, your local bars, Wing Night Wednesday. This was published two days ago. So I thought this was a boomer Facebook, you know, Russian type plant conspiracy that just got into my father's head. However, it's legit. This article is referencing wing prices over the past six weeks. They temporarily were $12. The next day, $19. So now everyone's going to go to boneless, I guess. What a sick world. We're getting soft in America, honestly. How could we let this happen? Wings are a staple, right? They clog your heart, but they taste good. And that's really all it's about. You got different sauces. Hold on. Apparently, I have to give my dog a blanket. So hold on. Because apparently the four and a half blankets that he's already occupying are not enough. It's never enough. Although he is my first son. So deal with it. Someone also that has to deal with it. Albert Pujols, absolute stud. This dude's in my memory as really the greatest hitter of my generation, you could argue. Look at the stats. Get back to me. 
I'm not wrong. And definitely a Hall of Famer, right? Not up for debate. But this past season specifically, he's with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Just corner infielder, power-hitting baseball player. He was in the last year of a 10-year, $253 million contract, which is pretty crazy to begin with, right? Zoom out a little bit. This dude, I mean, how many times do you see it? Jared Goff, mouth breather. My Rams give him a four-year, $132 million contract. He's traded. He's in Detroit now, not even two years later. So people never fulfill these big contracts. You look at Giancarlo Stanton, and he's hurt all the time. You never fulfill the money, period. It's just impossible. And this dude was in the final year, and Angels manager Joe Madden told him to hit the bricks. He's done. He was cut. Now again, Albert was hitting 198, which is bad. If you don't know baseball, that's really, really bad. Albert Pujols overall is fifth in Major League history for everybody, including like 1800 shit when Willoughby was throwing like a 13 mile an hour slider, like when it wasn't even baseball. So including all that shit, fifth all time in home runs and 13th in hits with over 3,200. He's a 10 time all-star. It's just really sad. Now he came into the league in the early 2000s. He's a Dominican player. It's come out recently that a lot of those guys, they're not the age they say they were. And he was linked to a report that I read, actually, from The Athletic. And Albert Pujols is listed. Let's see how old he is. He's a player that came over, did what he had to do, did the benchwarmers type meme, I am 11, on a fucking piece of paper. So says he's 41. Let's say he's 45. Can 45-year-olds play first base in Los Angeles? No. Those games are televised. People are watching. And he's just a bum. Now, let's just see whatever he's listed at. And we're going to go ahead and add like 40 months to it. Yeah, he's 41, which is crazy. Damn. I mean, you could say, you could call him a boomer. This dude's playing Can Jam. He looks like shit, too. He's got no muscle mass. It's over. Former Miami Marlins president from 2002 to 2017, David Sampson, is quoted on the Dan Liebetard show. There is not one person in baseball, not one executive, who believes Albert Pujols is the age that he says he is. The amount of fraud that was going on in the Dominican back in the day, the changing of names, the changing of birthdays, it would blow your mind. So my guy Al probably just assumed the identity of a deceased cab driver. We don't know who this man is. However, he belongs in the Hall of Fame, and he belongs somewhere, hitting doinks in Amish. So right off into the sunset, it's over, buddy, right? You look like shit, and you're like 50 years old. You had a good run. NFL MVP, reoccurring, just kind of handsome dude, Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers quarterback, also like stud OG host of Jeopardy, he should be doing it. They threw Anderson Cooper in there, immediately plummeted the ratings. It's nice to have Aaron Rodgers on there. He's a quarterback, right? Check stuff at the line, hut hut. And he also is out here reading eloquently, being charming on television. 
It's hard to uh, follow in the footsteps of Alex Trebek, pour some out. But he's dead. In Jeopardy, it ain't. So someone's got to do it in the meantime. The reason I bring this up is Aaron Rodgers hates the Packers. He hates his employer. Maybe there's someone listening to this right now. You fucking hate your employer. Which really isn't healthy. Just like get a new job. Go on Indeed. They're out there, buddy. He's 38 years old, coming off an MVP season, and he hates his GM. He doesn't want to be there. He thinks the guy making the decisions is a retard. You're thinking 38. I just talked about Pujols being old. It's different. Aaron's to the point where he sees the field. He doesn't get hit. He's in shape. It's kind of like backyard to him. You're always going to protect that type of player. And similar to Tom Brady, the dude can just go until his arm falls off. The issue is Aaron Rodgers has leverage. They paid him. He has all the money. The Packers' perspective is, yeah, we paid you. You're under contract. Show up, buddy. But I think it's to the point where there's no longer going to be a feasible relationship here. It ain't amicable. It's not tenable. Whatever that divorce kind of term is, apply that here. Industry insiders are saying there's a 10% chance that he plays for the Packers again. This is great because the Packers beat my Rams in the divisional round of the playoffs. Get the fuck out, dude. Like less amazing quarterback talent in my conference, the better. The reason why, for a little bit of context, why Aaron Rodgers is so upset is since 2012, which if you do the math, Nine years ago. A lot of draft picks. The Packers have not drafted a offensive skill player in the top 50 since that time period. They've only done it once. Like, they haven't done it any other time except for once, right? The one time they did it, it was to draft Aaron Rodgers' replacement, another quarterback. They did it in the first round of last year's draft, Jordan Love. Guy hasn't seen the field. He's a bum. Look at his stats. He played at Utah State. Not even a Mormon. So what's that tell you? Combined with that, I think Aaron really understands that he doesn't have a say in the personnel decisions because the Packers, again, this year drafted a corner. They reached in the first round. That's a defensive position. So they don't give a fuck about protecting Aaron or really placating his needs. And the roster that they had last year with the defensive coaching staff, it's kind of swapped out. They don't have the same dudes calling the plays. So that core that they had really peaked. So I don't see the Packers putting it all together again and getting over the hump. You know, they've knocked on the door like three or four times. And they haven't been able to do it. So go ahead and trade Aaron Rodgers, recoup a bunch of assets, and blow the fucking thing up. As I mentioned, you already drafted his replacement. See if he's good or not. You know, I'm a retard. Maybe he's good. He's not. And the specific Sports Illustrated article is referencing a link between the Denver Broncos and the Packers, right? It gets Aaron Rodgers out of the NFC into the AFC. Aaron Rodgers has a no-trade clause. This is one of the teams that he said publicly he would waive it for. And Denver needs a quarterback, and they have a ton of assets. So let's make it happen. John Elway, I know you got CTE. Listen, you're about to retire, but just do so. This is the one last thing. Get it done for everyone. 
I want to see Aaron Rodgers smoking a doink and going out there throwing bombs. Just to close on that as well, the final offer that Green Bay would have to accept is so absurd. The one here proposed is two first-round picks, two offensive starters, and a multitude. And I mean multitude. Buzzword of the day of mid-round picks. So you're basically giving up everything you've worked for and your potential mortgaging of the future for A-Rod. But again, he's paid. He just came off an MVP season. He knows what he's doing. Let's see it happen. Uh, John Means, shouts out the Orioles, a team that, I mean, they were rock bottom rebuild. Like, they gave Chris Davis a lot of money. That dude is still on the team, I believe. He's fucking terrible. I mean, that guy is bad. If he had a gender reveal, his his wife would, like, throw it underhand, and he would probably miss it a few times. He is bad at baseball. However, despite that, John Means, pitcher for them through their first no-hitter in franchise history, Hasn't happened in 46 years. Been a while. He did it in dominant fashion. He threw 113 total pitches. 80 were strikes. In total, he got 26 swinging strikes. That's the most by an Orioles pitcher. Since they began like pitch tracking in 08, right? Pretty big deal. Now, late in the ninth, he had the potential and opportunity to really make this a perfect game. So the delineation between... No hitter, pretty straightforward. And a perfect game is no base runners. So you can potentially still have a no hitter, but walk somebody, hit a batter, right? Whatever it is. And in the ninth, there's only nine innings. So he's knocking on the door of really closing this perfect game out, which is much more impressive of a feat. He struck out a batter and there was a pass ball. The catcher dropped it. Couldn't catch it cleanly. And when that happens... The base runner has the opportunity to beat the throw to first and potentially get on. And uh, I watch a lot of baseball. I sit around. I have too much time on my hands. I've seen that happen successfully in my life like four times. It literally happened in this game. So your boy Means lost a perfect game right at the end despite striking the dude out. Either way, I wanted to touch on that because it's impressive. I think in total, we've already seen four no-hitters, which is crazy. This pace obviously isn't going to keep up. But a lot of exciting baseball. Um, Really getting out to a hot start. The ratings are good as well. Drawing a lot of eyes. Seattle Seahawks wide receiver. Also a millennial. Young people out here doing shit. Uh, DK Metcalf. Big dude. Runs fast. His father was in the NFL. His uncle was in the NFL. Just a freak. And he vowed this year. He's like, I'm I'm so fast. I'm so in shape that not only am I the fastest football player, but I'm going to be one of the fastest players in the world. And I'm going to go ahead and qualify at the Olympics that are coming up in the 100-meter dash, which is like, you know, like the big cool one. Like that's where you can hang dick and be like, yo, I'm the fastest dude on earth which is something we've been like trying to find out and testing and keeping track of since Christ got rid of the dinosaurs 6,000 years ago. Now, going into it, he was in a nine-man heat. It was at the Golden Games that happened on Mother's Day. 
Again, nine people total were in this race. He went into it saying, quote, excited to have the opportunity. These are world-class athletes. And he finished ninth. He was clocked at a 10.37, which according to people that I know that have ran before, is actually really impressive. However, he did not qualify. That time for the entire year and what's been recorded up to this point ranks 84th. So that's not great, buddy. It's hard for a lot of these athletes to just simply transition like a Bo Jackson, like a Deion Sanders. It's really tough. Now, to the human eye, like we're talking about the difference of like a blink. Like this dude still blows the doors off of any like fast guy that you knew in high school. Really, he hyped himself up. A lot of people gaslit the dude. This past October, after his quarterback threw an interception, he chased down the defender and was clocked at almost 22.7 miles an hour. That's like fucking absurd, right? That's like a fucking Corolla. Now, in context, however, he ran a 10-3-7. He was training for a month for this. He's been talking a lot of shit. For anybody to really be in the realm of being on the American Olympic track team to qualify you really need to have a sub 10 we will not be seeing dk at the olympics however unfortunate we really wanted him to kind of stands to the old person argument that like you know how do the athletes of yesteryear stand up for today you know we got guys that had the heavyweight title they're like white dudes that were like six foot 180 pounds doing heavyweight back in the day Obviously, that wouldn't fly. Like, Lennox Lewis is a human being. Mike Tyson exists. These people would demolish him. Could Michael Jordan hang in today's era as I put a gun in my mouth? Like, obviously. But to speak to that, there were a lot of athletes, Bo Jackson, as I mentioned, some other dudes that transitioned seamlessly between sports. DK's trying to do it. He can't do it. He's having a little bit of an issue. Um, hockey. Let's give this a minute because this has been a crazy week. Now, we're going to speak specifically on the Tom Wilson stuff. If you don't know Tom Wilson, first round pick. He is a six foot five, 230 pound power forward. So he's a winger and an offensive player for the Washington Capitals with kind of a physical defensive style. He sits in the crease, he annoys the goalie, gets tip ins, moves the puck, good on the forecheck. And he's been a douchebag for a while up until this week he's had five suspensions in his career for late hits like leaving his feet cross checks intentionally trying to hurt people just being a fucking scumbag and a lot of weird nhl hypocrisy was was uncovered so tom wilson was playing the rangers the rangers are the most valuable franchise in all of hockey they're of new york they play at the garden very iconic they had a series against the Caps. It was important for both teams. For the Rangers, if they won two of the three games, if they took the series, they're going to get into the playoffs. The season is abridged. It's only 56 games this year in the NHL, so it's ending this week. Late into the game, Tom Wilson is on the ice, as is two of the Rangers' most paid and most cherished players, you could say. They're young they're great for the game, and they're uh, you know pretty valuable. And that's Artemi Panarin and Pavel Buchnevich. I think his name's Pavel, but Buchnevich is that's right because I'm looking at it. 
He's a Russian. They're both offensive players, a little bit of smaller guys. And again, I mentioned Tom Wilson's size. So this type of drama ain't good for anybody. It's a bunch of men. Now they're all on the ice. There's a scrum in front of the Washington Capitals net. So the Rangers right have the pressure on. The goalie's on top of the puck. It's pretty pretty dead, pretty silent. Things are chill. Out of nowhere, Tom Wilson throws Buchnevich to the ground in a way, right? Puts so the offensive player has a little bit of a lean. Tom Wilson uses that against him and throws him down at his feet, you could say, and then falls on top of him with his weight. So he's laying on top of this dude's back while Buchnevich is on the hard ice. You know, they're not playing on a fucking trampoline or a little bouncy bounce. From a PR perspective, you know, you could say it's hockey, but this is outside of the realm of traditional things you see, right? He's laying on top of them. And from certain angles, it looked like even Tom Wilson's stick was on the back of Buchnevich's neck. Now, regardless if that's confirmed or not, this led to a huge scrum because of what happened. He's in concussion protocol, out for the rest of the year, right? The scrum that ensues involves Panarin, somebody I mentioned. Paid. Tom Wilson decletes the dude. Now he's in concussion protocol, out the rest of the year. Very valuable player. With the context of Tom Wilson having five prior like disciplinary suspensions for being a piece of shit. The game ends. They obviously have to play the next day. They don't suspend Tom Wilson. Not only that, they only find him $5,000. The Rangers social media team comes out and they go, hey, bro, that's pretty fucked up, ain't it? The fans love it, right? Sticking up for your players. Considering they're in concussion protocol, they actually got hurt because of these actions. It's what you want to do as an organization. Well, the NHL turns around and finds the Rangers $250,000. And because of this, James Dolan, he fires the GM, he fires the uh, president of hockey operations. So they clean house. It kind of necessitated a lot of internal stuff in that organization and really put them over the edge to the point where the turmoil is now the headline. Like, I'm talking about it. To where if you're from the outside looking in, the Rangers have had a pretty good rebuild, right? Up until this series this week, they had momentum going into a potential playoff push. But nope, they get fined. Everybody's fired. The next game, the Rangers send out their fourth line, their brawling scrum line, the bums, the lunch pail guys. And right off the drop of the ice, first period, game starting, three fights immediately ensue. You know, the coach told him, hey, go out there. You're going to start a fight. Like, we have to repay. We're going to go out there and at least try to inflict some pain on them. Like, fuck them. However, they went about this the wrong way. The Rangers got washed. Everybody that threw hands for him lost. And not only that, in hockey circles, you know, the efficient way to get back at Washington is not to try and go beat up Tom Wilson. Like, you don't have somebody that size. So rather than going toe-to-toe, which is what they tried to do, You have to send a goon at Washington's most skilled player, someone that's analogous to Panarin, and you have to do the dirty work. You know, slash his MCL, kick his leg, use the skate, do at least something that Tom Wilson would dream of. And that will teach him, because behind Washington's closed doors, they know this is scummy. And it really, if you're his teammate, you got to have your head on a swivel because this dude's being a retard 
And because of his actions, you could get seriously hurt. I mean, this is what puts food on the table. And these dudes are Canadian, right? They're foreign. They don't know the, the language. You know, my name, uh, Evgeny. Like, they just, they come over, they, they skate around, they go home. Good news for the league is, right, I'm in. Like, this is great. Playoff hockey's right around the corner. Your boy's going to watch. But it's just funny that, for instance, the NFL, Roger Goodell gets a lot of shit. And there's other leagues right in front of our face that make really dumb decisions. Happens to everybody. My girlfriend's trying to take a nap. I've been rambling. She's giving me a serious side eye, like a divorce type. I'm going to go out into the yard and remulch, even though I mulched again. Like keeping my mind busy type look. So I need to wrap this up. Again, shouts out to the moms, the MILFs. Shouts out Honey for taking care of our dog, who continually, despite being told not to, just poops everywhere. Shouts out myself for vacuuming before I started the podcast, for doing the laundry, for just being there in the trenches as a life partner. And shouts out you for listening. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. Go ahead, subscribe. Do whatever the fuck you want to do. Just means a lot. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. And again, we're growing. Tell your friends. Matt will be on next week. His audio will be fixed. I've heard the complaints. He's a boomer. He does sound like Seth Rogen. No, he's not in rehab. Again, he's just visiting his mother. But yeah, we'll be talking to you next week. Peace.